listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. Um, hey, how was Thanksgiving? Man, I feel like I can feel this in the room right now, kind of like this heaviness for, uh, for the college students of that time between Thanksgiving break and end of semester. Is that, am I right in sensing that? Like just this, I got papers to do, I got exams to do, I got, <laughs> can one just say, oh crap, I forgot I had that paper. <laughs> He's like, gonna get up and leave. He's like, I got to go, y'all, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I sense that. And uh, I was telling our team this morning, I, I remember, it wasn't that long ago for me, I remember that feeling. And man, I want to say like, I, you got this. I believe in you and I, I feel bad for you. I know it's tough right now because that's weighing on you. Um, I mean, you're gonna be you're gonna be good. I promise. And actually, can I um, can I just pray for y'all real quick? Actually, on that it has nothing to do with what I'm talking about tonight. But I just want to pray for. I know not everybody's in school, um, but if I could just pray uh, for you guys, that that would be awesome. Let me do that real quick. Jesus, thank you so much. Uh, like David said, just for tonight that we get to come and to worship and uh, to study your word. And um, Lord, I'm grateful for these for these students and young adults and and making uh, the effort to come tonight and. God, if we're real, you, you know our hearts aren't trying to think you don't know, but um, man, th- this is going to be a, a tough time, really for everybody. Sometimes holidays are tough, uh, being around family, and maybe there's awkward situations or crazy family, whatever, Lord. Um, so I pray for those situations that you would maybe just give guidance and peace. And Lord, also just for, uh, man, I know our students, there, there's a lot, um, man, there's just a lot to do right now. And even, even if they haven't procrastinated, which I know none of them have, um, but even if they haven't, there's still just a lot going on. And, uh, man, I, I pray for, for strength, for wisdom, uh, Lord, for strong coffee, and just for, for your help, God, that you would give them a peace as they work on things. And, Lord, I pray that um, maybe this is a little bit selfish, but I think it's for your glory and even for their benefit, for our benefit. But I pray that tonight maybe they could just, put some of the worries and the weight of what's uh, in their future in the next few weeks just to the side, God, and, and truly meet with you, knowing that you've got that and uh, you're going to carry them through. And maybe just tonight we could truly lean into you and, and be encouraged by your word. Um, yeah, we know you can do that. Maybe where you're at right now, just with your head still bowed and uh, eyes closed, Maybe just take a moment just to ask God to help you to listen and to maybe, if there is something distracting you, who knows, maybe it has nothing to do with school, but if there's something on your heart, on your mind, maybe even just asking the Lord to, to help um, alleviate that, alleviate that, not just for the moment, but like for good. <laughs> God, it's so cool that you hear every prayer. I know I'm probably interrupting some people praying. Um, Man, you know our hearts, Lord, and that's really cool. And so we just trust you and uh, look forward to what you're going to do tonight and in the coming days. In your name we pray. Amen. Uh, I believe we've got a picture we're going to put up on the screen that can help me get started tonight. If you've got that, I think it's a... Me, do you guys remember, uh, hey, <laughs> you guys remember Garrett from Fall Retreat, some of you guys that went, yep, uh, that's him, I'm not sure what he's doing, I mean, actually I do know, but let's not talk about it, <laughs> some sort of obscene dance move, I'm, I'm assuming, um, but anyways, so when he was here, he came in a little bit early for fall, by the way, is this new screen pretty sick? Yeah, you, uh, Black Friday, Best Buy, crazy deals, okay, <laughs> not really, um, 
But yeah, the, he came in a few minutes, not a few minutes, a few days early for fall retreat. And we went out to, on that, I guess that Thursday before fall retreat, went out to Lubbock Shooting Complex and we did some sporting clays, which I just want to put this on the record. Garrett is better than me at like almost everything in life when it comes to sports. But one thing I can do better than him is shoot. And so it was like the best day of my life because he was getting so mad and I was loving it. Anyways, um, so on the way back, if you've been out there before, uh, you know, there's some, a lot of dirt roads and stuff. And so I was like, bro, let's go, let's go do a little bit of mudding. And so we take off uh, leaving the complex and it's not, it's not too bad. And so I'm like, bro, we, if we're going to do this, we need to have some fun. And so we, we get to this other cross. I have no clue where we were, but this other dirt road that goes kind of back towards Lubbock, towards the north. And it looks like, like this is going to be fun. Like, we're probably going to get stuck, and that's awesome. Because our buddy, Kerry Richie, he's got his huge Jeep. He can get us out of anything. So we, we take off down this road. And also, for one of the first times in my life, Garrett was actually being a little more concerned and cautious than me. Some of y'all that had Garrett as a high school pastor, you know that concerned and cautious aren't really words that you would describe Garrett as. <laughs> but in this moment, he kind of was like, hey, are you sure? And I'm like, bro, this is great. This is awesome. So when we get to this part, it's, it's bad. Like, it looks more like a river than it does uh, just a dirt, a muddy road. And so we're, we're driving. I'll, I'll get it in four low and everything. And he's like, bro, whatever you do, watch out for that ditch on the right. Watch out for the ditch on the right. Watch out. He's like over there. I'm like, bro, I got this. Well, about that time, I don't, if you've been mudding, you know how this can feel. I don't know what was on the left side of the road that like, felt like it grabbed me. But next thing you know, man, my forerunner is just off to the left. And he's like, the left is bad too. I mean, the left is also really bad. We shouldn't go there either. And so sure enough, we, we get in a bind. Now, we didn't get stuck. I had to reverse, probably not lying, for like maybe a mile out of this dirt road before I could finally like get straight and everything again. But it was just funny because he was so concerned about the right side, and we actually ended up getting stuck on the left side. So this picture is us uh, fixing to, to wash it off um, before we drove to New Mexico the next day. Um, but I think, I think life, that's kind of a picture of life. And here's what I mean. As a Christian, so talking to people who have placed their faith in Christ, um, we want to stay like in the center of the road. What we're gonna, the center of the road meaning like we want to stay walking with the Lord. We want to enjoy the freedom we have in him and really want to become the people he wants us to become. But typically, I think we find ourselves drifting toward one ditch or another. And if you read in the book of Galatians, um, the, one of the ditches that we can uh, veer off towards that you see over and over again that Paul's talking about is this ditch of legalism, which is really like works-based religion. This idea of I've got to earn something and kind of this fear-based, I want God to like me, so I've got to do all these things so I can earn his love. But the problem with that is if you could earn God's love, then Jesus what? He didn't have to what? Didn't have to come, didn't have to die for you. If you could earn it, so that, that doesn't go together, right? If you're wondering, man, do I struggle with that? Do I often get in the ditch of like legalism trying to earn things? Maybe a, a way to kind of a quick measure for that and test that is if, if when other people are growing in their walk with Christ, I mean, you see them like pursuing Jesus and that intimidates you or makes you jealous or makes you feel like, man, I feel like maybe God might, might love them more than me then you're, you may be sliding towards that ditch. You tracking with me? Like, man, I'm not on their level. Maybe I should get up at 4 a.m. to do my devotional, which I just don't recommend that, period. But anyway, um, <laughs> amen. Um, yeah, you may be sliding towards that ditch. We go on and on about legalism. We've talked about that in this series, so I'm not going to beat that to death. So the other side of the road, the other ditch I think we can also go towards is to just, like, not care at all about how we live. So it's to, to talk about what uh, Paul says Look at verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 13. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. 
Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. So we, again, we can either drift towards like legalism, trying to earn it, trying to please God through like all of my actions, or we drift, which again, that's not a good thing. That doesn't work. Or we can drift towards this other idea of, you know what? I'm just going to do what I want because, hey, I got freedom in Christ. I'll do whatever, right? Which we, we've all heard that, right? I'm free in Christ. Don't judge me. Which normally, just if you catch yourself saying that, you're probably doing something you shouldn't, right? If you have to say, I'm free in Christ. Don't judge me. You should at least consider what you're doing, okay? <laughs> but we, we tend to drift towards those two things. Now, if I can shoot straight with you, this is tonight's passage. I love it, but I'm also still trying to figure it out. I'm not, I'm not like still trying to figure it out and what it means, but like still trying to figure it out in my life. You with me? Because y'all, if, if I'm honest, I feel like I struggle. <laughs> I'm like a pinball pinball. I'll go back and forth between the ditches, right? <laughs> like I, I oh, gotta get serious about God. I want to do the right thing, and I find myself in legalism. And then it's like I pull back from that, and next thing you know, I'm like living in some sins. And I'm like, what, what, what am I doing now? Do you all struggle with that sometimes too? Now, if, if, you're, if you're not a Christian, then that, well, let me say this. If you're not a Christian, you may not struggle with that, but I'll be willing to bet that you've seen self-proclaiming Christians or real Christians in one of those ditches, and you know something is off, Right? So even as, not, as someone who doesn't know Jesus, I think you can meet Christians who are like super legalistic, all about the rules, never have any joy in their life. And you're like, man, you say God loves you. Something's off about the way you live, right? Or you meet Christians who, man, they could care less what they do with their lives. Like, yeah, freedom in Christ. And they live just like you. And you're like, I don't think that's what it's supposed to be like either. And you've, but every now and then you, even as a non-believer, you see people who seem to stay out of those ditches. And you're like, man, there's something, there's something different about that person. I, I desperately want to figure out how to stay out of those ditches. And I'm willing to bet, if, I'm kind of slowing down here for a second, because I want you to maybe let that, the weight of that sit on you a little bit. I'm willing to bet if you're a Christ follower, and you are taking your walk with Christ at least a little bit seriously, that you wrestle with what I'm talking about of Man, how do I find that balance of where I'm just enjoying the freedom in Christ that I have and not running off into sin, but also not turning into this weird, legalistic, churchy, religious person? Like, how, how do I do that? Man, the, the passage tonight really does unpack that. And I think it uses kind of some churchy words, but, man, it, it is super, super encouraging. And, again, I, I said, I'm trying to still figure this out, but I think... Um, this could set us on a really cool path. And I want to say this real quick before we dive into it. I think another way to frame this, so a lot of you are familiar with the story of the prodigal son, right? Um, and if, even if you haven't grown up in church, I would be willing to bet you've kind of heard that story. So it's the story where the son, uh, dad has two sons, and I think it's the younger brother, right, that says, uh, dad, give me, like, I want my inheritance now, which basically is saying, dad, you're dead to me. And uh, he takes his inheritance, goes off, spends it all, ends up living in the pig slop, throws his life away. Um, and then eventually runs back to the father, right? So he, he's in the ditch of freedom in Christ, baby, do what I want, right? Like he's kind of in that ditch where the older brother, we often forget about him. The older brother, do you remember? He was in the ditch of legalism because when his brother comes back and the dad throws a party, what does he say? Yeah, all these years I've been serving you. I don't, he didn't talk like that. <laughs> um, I've been serving you all these years. You never threw me a party, right? What's going on? He, he's in this, I've been serving you. 
I, I don't want to be the older brother I, who's just this like bad attitude, ungrateful, all I do is work for you. I don't want to be the younger brother who goes off and like ends up in the literally like a ditch. <laughs> How do you stay in that middle road? I mean, this passage will tell us. Chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, so again, if you just the context, again, he's been talking about the whole book. Don't be legalistic. And then in chapter 5, he's kind of took, taking this turn towards, but also don't go to the other side, other ditch of just living however you want. He says, so here's what you do. But I say, Walk by the Spirit, capital S Spirit. What's what's he referring to? The Holy Spirit. You guys are theologians. Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of angry, sorry, angry, <laughs> fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, and things like these. So he's saying, I could make a bigger list, but you get the point, right? I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So, how do you avoid going off in the ditch of, of legalism or going off in the ditch of, of living however you want? The answer is you walk by what? Walk by the Spirit. Now, over and over again in the passage, he kind of uses this same language. So he says, verse 16, walk by the Spirit. Then verse 18, if you jump down there, he says, he talks about being led by the Spirit. Um, then jump down to verse 25. He talks about living by the Spirit and keeping in step with the Spirit. So let me acknowledge this. I don't normally like give you kind of the big idea up front, but we're kind of doing that. He says, you want to stay out of the ditches. You want to walk in the freedom you have in Christ and enjoy that freedom, but not get in either one of the ditches. You don't want to be legalistic. You don't want to get caught in sin. The answer is to walk by the, the Spirit, to keep in step with the Spirit. I think he says those four things, but I think he's really saying the same thing just different ways, right? You walk with the Spirit. But here's, here's the thing. Here's why we're not just going to say, all right, close your Bibles, we're done. Because if, if I'm honest, I think most of us don't have a clue what that means, right? Like I was, I was like, yeah, cool, walk by the Spirit. And then I was like, what does that mean, right? Like walk, like is the Spirit right here? I'm like, bro, let's take a walk together. Like, like what does it mean to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit. So I think to get the full context of what's going on, we have to back up a little bit and look a little um, back in the book of Galatians. So look at chapter 3. I'm going to read verses um, 2 through 5 real quick. Chapter 3, verses 2 through 5, and we're going to take a look at the Spirit. It says, let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, or by hearing with faith. Now, he's implying, what, what, what is he implying? They received the Spirit by what? Faith, yeah, not by works of the law. 
Verse 3, are you so foolish? I'm going to start talking to y'all like that. You bunch of fools. <laughs> are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? And again, the answer is no. Yeah, you, he's saying you, be, you began your walk with Christ in the Spirit, and you're supposed to continue your walk with Christ in the Spirit. Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Does he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you do so by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And again, the answer is faith. Y'all with me? Y'all with me? Okay. Hearing with faith. Now, jump to verse 14 real quick of chapter 3 again. So in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. I know we're jumping in the middle of something. It's okay. We're still going to get what we need to see. So that we might receive the promised Spirit through What does it say? Faith. I need you all to help me a little bit more. Through what? Through faith. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So real quick, I got some notes on the screen to help you so we can be clear and quick here. If we can put those up. Looking at the spirit in Galatians. So here's just from those verses, three things we see real quick, okay? We receive the Holy Spirit, meaning we become Christians through faith. So again, it's not this like I've attained the spirituality because I'm so awesome or my parents always went to church. No, I become a Christian. I receive the Holy Spirit inside of me, God's Spirit, by faith. And faith, a really simple way to say it is faith is taking God at his word. It's, it's believing. It's really a belief that leads to action, right? So I, I put my faith in Christ and what he's done for me. I trust God's work on my behalf. So then another point we see from what we just read, number two, we are made more like Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit. So the way that God transforms me and the way really that like God keeps me kind of out of the ditches is by what? The Holy Spirit. And I love this little asterisk here and someone already kind of jumped to it. We invite the Holy Spirit's continued work in our life. By the way, I'm trying to figure the screen out. Can y'all see where I'm standing? Y'all good? Making sure. All right. We invite the Holy Spirit's continued work in our life through faith. So again, this is not like I get saved and now it's like, watch out, do it yourself job, let me get down and dirty, right? No, it's like I continue to trust God. I continue to, to lean into him and trust him and take him at his word. And, he continue, and in that, he, he continues to transform me. And then the last thing, over and over again in Galatians, the spirit is connected with faith. That's just kind of a summary statement. So you can't take away like the spirit's role in your life and his activity in your life. You can't look at that and not consider the idea of faith, of taking God at his word and trusting, trusting him. Okay, with that as the background, now jump back to chapter 5, verse 16. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Walk, me being this idea of like, it's a lifestyle. It's a particular path, a particular lifestyle that you follow. So walk by the Spirit. That means I'm in the habit, I'm in a lifestyle of walking with the Spirit, leaning into Him, being led by Him, uh, living with Him, keeping in step with Him. So I think um, if we could kind of define this, before we put the, the definition on the screen, let me say this. So walking by the Spirit is not this super hyper-spiritual, like you're, you're going throughout your day, and you're like, hold on, receiving a message from the Lord. We should go to Chick-fil-A for lunch. <laughs> you don't have to pray about that. You should just do it, right? <laughs> um, 
And it's not this, this hyper-spiritual, like, which, by the way, I'm always like, just be careful. No one ever tells you this, girls. Just be careful. But, like, it's not this hyper-spiritual, like, hey, uh, God told me we should get married. <laughs> like, this special, like, you have this psychic power, right? That, that's not what walking in, in the Spirit is. I think given the context of Galatians, really the context of, of Scripture, of the entire uh, Bible, I think this is maybe a, hopefully an accurate definition of what it means to walk by the Spirit, if we can put that on the screen. Walking by the Spirit. It's seeking and trusting the Holy Spirit as He directs, empowers, and speaks into my life. So first of all, seeking Him, looking to Him, and then trusting him. So again, that's where faith comes in, right? Because over and over in Galatians, we see that you can't talk about the spirit without talking about faith. So taking him at his word. So it's seeking him and trusting him as he directs, empowers, and speaks into my life. So real quick, again, I know we're hammering this, this just one little phrase, walking by the Holy Spirit, walking by the Spirit. But this really sets the course for the whole passage. We've got to make sure we get it. Seeking and trusting the Holy Spirit as he directs. First, first thing. So I'm looking to him to, to tell me which way to go with my life. And again, not, the, like, not this overcomplicated, super spiritual, like every little thing, like I don't know what time I should wake up. God, please tell me what time I should set my alarm for. Like, no, but just this general, like, Matt, I'm simply, I have a lifestyle of just seeking God's direction. And if we can think back to the video we watched in worship, which wasn't that a really cool video, um, David and I made that earlier today. Not really. <laughs> um, I, what I love about it is I think it helps us remind. It kind of takes, sometimes we talk about the Holy Spirit and we get like, what does that mean? We get all kind of weirded out. And I think often as believers, probably most of us have experienced the Holy Spirit more than we realize. We just refer to him as, as God, right? Man, I feel like God's teaching me something. God's growing me. God really was speaking to me. And who specifically we're referring to? In the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. You with me? So don't, you don't need to get freaked out when I was like, that dude talks about the Holy Spirit a lot. Yeah, God, right? <laughs> so I'm seeking his direction, and also I'm seeking and trusting him as he empowers me. Here's what's really cool. All through the New Testament we see that the Holy Spirit, once uh, I'm a Christian and God's Spirit is placed inside of me, he empowers me. He gives me the ability and the desire to live for him. So things that I could not do apart from Christ before I knew Christ, now I can suddenly do. And again, not like I can bench press 500 pounds now that I'm a Christian, but like, no, I can, I can begin to say no to sin, right? I can begin to, to live out my faith and maybe even see the world in a different way. Not like in a psychic, weird way, but just like I begin to see the world through God's eyes. I begin to see people through God's eyes because he's empowering my life. And I want to camp out on this last word for a second. Seeking and trusting him as he speaks into my life. I mean, I think this is huge. Maybe where most of us, like, we, we don't walk by the Spirit. So seeking him and trusting him as he speaks into my life, meaning, so as he, I read Scripture, and he tells me who I am as a believer, as God's child. First of all, I'm seeking that, but then as I read it and study it and he speaks to me, I'm believing it. I'm choosing to believe it and not the lies, Right? I'm choosing to believe that God is for me and not against me. Again, not, not just I hear it, oh, that's cool. But like, no, I'm going to believe it and act on it, that God is for me and not against me. So he directs us, he empowers us, and he speaks to us. But we're going to 
not just seek that. We're also gonna, we're gonna trust him on what he says. So that, I think that is maybe a close attempt at defining what it means to walk by the Spirit. So with that in mind, let's read through the passage again, and we're gonna kind of unpack it just a little bit more. Watch what happens when you walk by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit, verse 16, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Sweet. <laughs> How do I stay out of the ditch of legalism and oh, like trying to do it myself and earn God's love and oh, I've got to do all this? And how do I stay out of the ditch of, man, I keep giving in to these sinful desires and urges and thoughts. Like, why am I doing all that? The way I stay out of that is I walk by the Spirit, right? I seek Him and trust Him as He directs me, empowers me, and speaks to me. That's how you do it. Where's my Bible? There it is. <laughs> Verse 17. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. And again, if you've been walking with Jesus for any time, you read that and you go, ah, you too, Paul? Like, like you feel that burden of you want to follow Christ, but you're like, why am I doing this? You ever, as a Christian, like you say something or think something or do something, and you're like, I didn't even want to do that. What was I smoking? Like, hopefully I wasn't really smoking something. Like, like what was that about? Like this, this battle? We have a graphic I want to put on the screen that I think will help if you're kind of like, what's the flesh? What's all this about? Ooh, pretty. <laughs> Real quick. Okay, so salvation here, okay? Once you get saved, you begin the process, to say it positively, you begin the process of sanctification. So of God working... Just be more specific. The Holy Spirit working in your life to make you more like Jesus, right? He begins to, to cut sin out of your life, begin to change you. So he begins that process, and ultimately one day that process will be complete, and it's what the Bible refers to as glorification, when you're made perfect and sinless. And by the way, this is not next week for you, okay? This is not like, man, I'm really going to reach that goal tomorrow. I feel it. Tomorrow's going to be that day. I will be glorified. No, this happens when? Heaven, I heard a lot, of, I couldn't tell what you said. Heaven, yeah, this happens in eternity, right? That's when that happens and continues on. So to say it positively, it's this process, this in-between time of salvation and glorification, to say it positively, it's sanctification. A way you can maybe say it more negatively, and the scripture uses this word, this period could also, could also be considered still the flesh. Because here's the deal. I've been saved, I'm freed and forgiven in Christ, but the reality is, until this point of glorification, I still struggle with the flesh, right? And sometimes that struggle is more like a skirmish, it's not that dif difficult. Like, it's like Satan, not today, like we just saying, you're like, not today, fool. Like you see what he's doing or you see in your flesh, like, man, I know what I was fixing to do there, I'm not going there, I see that. And other days, it's like an all out battle, right? I don't know if you're like in your trail teams you meet. Sometimes you're just like, bro, I don't know what's been going on. But it's just like, it is so hard to follow God right now. Welcome to the flesh, right? So Paul's saying, to go back to the text, Paul's saying, yeah, we're in this battle. As a Christian, you have the spirit, but it's battling against the flesh. To keep you, uh, your flesh keeps you from doing what you want to do. And then Verse 18, it's like this little gospel reminder, but if you are led by the Spirit, so you're walking by the Spirit, you have the Spirit inside of you, you are not under the law. So it's almost like, it's like Paul saying this, hey, time out, don't forget, you just trying to do it all on your own and earn God's love and be this awesome Christian, that's not gonna get you anywhere. You doing things in your own power has never worked and it's never gonna work, right? 
you doing it on your own. So he says, don't go back to the law. Don't go back to this works, fear-based religion. So again, don't, be, don't get in the ditch on the left. It'll get you stuck too. Don't go, le- or right, sorry. don't go legalistic on us. Here's what happens when you really, you live in legalism, trying to do things on your own, or you just go to the other ditch and say, hey, I'm just going to do things my own way. And no, because I have freedom in Christ, I'll do what I want. Here's what happens. Verse 19, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Oh, crap. I sin sometimes. Does that mean I'm not going to heaven? As simple and maybe elementary as this sounds, Holly Beatonbow, she's a really cool, godly lady here in Lubbock. My wife gets to work with her sometimes. I've heard her say, all Christians walk through the mud sometimes, but it's another thing to lay down a waller in it. <laughs> That's what he's saying. This is not to say, so you know what? You gotta be sinless. I'm just saying, as a Christian, your life should not be characterized by these things. And again, and again, and things like these, right? Your life should not be characterized by sin. So, man, I, even as a Christian, how do I know that I'm not walking with the Spirit? How do I know that I'm kind of off and not in sync with the Lord? Well, if my life is defined by these things, I, I'm probably out of step with Him, right? I'm not keeping in step with Him. I'm living in the flesh. And actually, if my life is completely defined by these things, then I'm, I'm not a Christian, right? Christians don't enjoy wallering in the mud. <laughs> they make it down in it for a little bit, and they're like, what am I doing? Because the Holy Spirit battles the flesh, right? So if you can live in sin and have no battle, I, I'm not sure you're a Christian. So he says, when you're just trying, we're in the ditch of legalism, or, or sorry, in the ditch of legalism, or in the ditch of just like doing whatever you want, <laughs> and doing it all under the guise of freedom in Christ, saying, man, you're going to live, the flesh will have control of you, and you're going to live in sin. But if you're in Christ, if you have the Spirit, you've been set free to live a different way. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Man, this is so cool. So if you're walking with the Spirit, you're seeking Him, trusting Him, leaning into Him to direct and empower and speak into your life, then the fruit that He's going to bear in your life are those things. Which, by the way, you can't fake fruit very long, right? Like, I could duct tape some oranges to some bushes on my, in my yard, That'd be creepy and weird, right? Like, who's the freak at, on Rochester, right? Like, duct taping strawberries and oranges to his bushes. They're, and they're not going to last very long, right? You can't fake spirituality. Man, these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, those are things that the Holy Spirit works into your life, right? And they show on the outside. So you can try to fake those things for a while. But if you find yourself like, man, I just cannot learn to be patient. 
then maybe you're trying to do it on your own and not leaning into and seeking and trusting the Lord. Because, again, all those things are not things you do. They're things the Holy Spirit does when you're walking with him. Are you all tracking with me? Does that make sense? Yeah? All right. As I walk with him, he works those things into me and through me. I'm going to summarize 24 and 25 real quick because I want to I get to some things before we're done. Um, basically, 24 is saying, man, if you're in Christ, you've crucified, crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So in other words, if I'm in Christ, the Holy, as I walk with the Holy Spirit and, and he lives his life in and through me, he en- enables me to live out the identity Christ has already given to me, right? So he said, I already have victory over sin in Christ. I'm not a victim anymore. I can walk as a victor, and the Holy Spirit helps me to do that. And then verse 25 and 26 is really just a recap again of, hey, so keep in step with the Spirit. Live with the Spirit. Walk with Him. I think maybe a way, a way to, to sum this up, again, this idea of how do I not get in the ditch of self-righteousness, of like workspace, how do I not get in the ditch of do whatever I want, and the answer is to walk with the Holy Spirit. I think Maybe as, as lame as this is, maybe a picture I would use to kind of describe that. Um, about keeping in step with the Holy Spirit, I think about my dog Duval. Um, Duval is, uh, he's a cool dog. And when he was a puppy, uh, going on walks with him was the worst. Some of y'all have puppies, and you know, because it's like, it's like trying to have a little uh, prairie dog on a leash. <laughs> like this, right? Or like they, they just don't know which way to go. They're always, even now, still today, Duval will like, it, he hates other dogs. I'm like, dude, you're a golden retriever. What's your problem? Like, he's like, we'll try to kill another dog. Or um, he like, if he smells something, like, last night we went on a run. And I don't know if he saw a rabbit or what, but I'm just like, dude, what are you smoking right now? Where are you going? Sorry for all the smoking references tonight. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> what I want Duval to do is as we're walking or jogging, whatever, is to keep in step with me, right? Like, stay close to me. Don't chase after whatever you want or whatever you smell, or whatever you see, stay with me, right? And that's kind of the picture here of of as where God goes, like you go, you're keeping in step with him, you're in sync with him. Now, if if I could be honest, what I really would prefer, what would be awesome, I don't know if we'll ever reach this with Duval, is I would really love to get to the point where I don't even need a leash, but we could just walk, right? That would be awesome. My arm would hurt less. His neck would not be broken. He doesn't have a broken neck. But like, like that would be awesome. You know, I think the key to, for us to be able to get to that point where like we're keeping in step and just walking together and it's like enjoyable and doesn't hurt him and not frustrating for me, the key for that is like, I know this sounds weird and maybe lame, but like for us to build a relationship, right? Like the more Duval knows my voice and trusts that I'm gonna take care of him and like, provide his little dog needs, which are not many. But like, the more he learns that, the more he will walk with me, right? And trust me. Sometimes I have to beat that into him. That's, another, that's where the example breaks down. But um, the reality is the more he learns to trust me and, and like, yeah, knows my voice, the more he just keeps in step with me. And it's actually enjoyable for both of us. So it, maybe this it sounds funny talking about a dog, like relationship, right? I think if we could make it real simple, that's what Paul's talking about when he says, walk by the Holy Spirit. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. He's talking about relationship. Here, if I could like just sum up the whole passage, I think here's what it is. 
the remedy for works-based religion or wandering rebellion, the remedy for that is relationship, right? The remedy, said even more simply, is relationship. Walking with him. Some of you are like, hey, that, that sounds good. Um, but again, I don't know where to really begin, like walking by the Holy Spirit, keeping in step with him. That sounds kind of churchy. I'm not sure what, how to begin. To be honest with you, even though I'm your pastor, I, I sometimes feel like, man, what does it mean? Like, like I said at the beginning, what does it mean to walk by the Holy Spirit, to, to, to move with him, to keep in step with him? I do think there are a few things that help me. I want to give them to you real quick. We're almost done, I promise. I think these are, I think I've got four things off the top of my head. I want to share with you that I think will help you learn to do that. Here's one of them. The Bible. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is never going to lead you to do something against what is written in here. So if you're like, man, I feel like the God may be leading me to do something, check it with Scripture. If it doesn't match up with Scripture, then maybe you ate something funny, okay? <laughs> like that. It's not the Holy Spirit. A second thing that we're going to keep moving quickly, a second thing is community. I so believe, because I've experienced it so often, that God speaks to us and encourages us and guides us and empowers us and directs us through other people so often. You're, talk, you're having a conversation with somebody, and in your heart, and often we just say, I feel like God, but specifically the Holy Spirit, what's happening is he's speaking to us, Right? Sometimes people, someone, someone's interrupted my day, and at first I'm like, what is going on? And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Holy Spirit's doing something right here, right? So Bible, community. Another one is obeying. So like when the Spirit leads you to do something, or he guides you towards something, or maybe he's speaking a truth into your life, it's actually like, I'm gonna, maybe a twofold idea here of like, obeying and believing. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, is what he's telling you is not so much about you obeying it as much as you like believing it, right? Like saying, hey, key one, I love you. And like you, Jesus, I love you too, bro. Like, like the Holy Spirit telling you that and you actually believing it, right? Bible, community, obedience slash believing. And the last thing I would say, you know, we gotta learn to slow down to listen to him. I don't mean like literally you drive slower and walk slower and talk slower. <laughs> the last one maybe. Hey, how different would your life be if in your conversations, rather than just rattling off whatever comes to your mind, you actually slowed down a little bit and like consider, and maybe even in the midst of a conversation said, God, show me what to say here. I had lunch uh, with a buddy today and uh we were going to talk about some things, like, I guess you said difficult things. And even as I was like, this is not to brag, this is to say, hey, I'm trying to figure this out too, to maybe give you some helpful hints, I, I like practical ways to live this out. As I was walking, we at Market Street, you know, love Market Street. As I was walking to get my fork and knife, I was like, quick little, right, Lord, like, I need some guidance here. I need some help, right? That, that's what, I think it's a little snippet of what it looks like to lean into him, to keep in step with him, to be led by him. Again, it's relationship, right? It's slowing down to spend time with him. And as you do that, I think you, you begin to learn to figure out what it means to keep in step with him. If you're not spending time with the Holy Spirit, you're not keeping in step with him. When I don't spend time with my wife, we get out of sync, right? So we go on reading dates and things like that to spend time with each other. 
Speaking of her, this is, where, this is how I'll close. <laughs> I was telling some guys the other day, um, which, man, the, the, our babies now, we have, if you don't know, we have, my wife and I have nine-month-old twins. They're awesome. And I should have put a picture up here to be a good dad. But anyways, I'll show you afterwards if you want to see a picture. <laughs> but so I remember uh, we were in the hospital with them. So they're born Friday. We, we came home on Tuesday, I think, or Monday, Monday or Tuesday. can't remember now. So long ago. Um, but when we finally got to go home, like when we were leaving the hospital, we were like, man, this is going to be awesome. We're going home. We're going to sleep good. This is going to be incredible. We'll be back on our home. And um, just, you know, newborns don't sleep real well in general. And if you have two, it can just be traumatic. <laughs> um, like it's awesome, but they can, be, they can get on different, like, uh, now they're on the same sleep schedule. It's awesome. But at first, they don't really understand, like they don't, understand. We were like, can you please go to sleep? Like, ah. So I remember so vividly uh, that first night at home. Again, we were going to bed thinking, we're going to sleep so great. And I remember Lauren and I taking turns. I remember sitting in the bed, Indian style, holding a baby and just going... <laughs> Like, you know, if you know, I'm not an emotional person. I'm pretty low stress. But just being so overwhelmed, Lauren pat me on the back. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And about 20 minutes later, she's going, <laughs> it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And then 20 minutes later, <laughs> she's like, you got this. You're going to be okay. Really, we woke up the next morning and we're like, we are losing our minds. <laughs> Seriously. And for the next probably like week or two weeks, we kind of felt that way of like, we're not going to survive. Like, we cannot do this. Don't know what to do. Don't know how we're going to do it. Like, what have we done? Like, like, we love these babies, but holy crap, what are we doing? And y'all, I remember, there. I don't know exactly when it was. Man, something so cool happened. Somewhere in those first few weeks, we started talking and realizing Man, sorry, talking to each other. I don't need to say y'all, but we're talking to each other and realizing so many people in our church family have said, hey, we love y'all. We have a relationship with y'all and we want to help you. And we started talking and it was like, wait a second, we're, we work with college students, young adults. That's like an army of babysitters. Like, like we got, we got, we got an army <laughs> and we don't want to abuse that. But we started realizing we are totally missing out if we don't tap into these resources, right? Like we have some great relationships with people that could totally make this way easier. Not like we're just like, hey, we're not going to take care of our kids. But, man, that we have people that want to help us, right? People that want to bring food. People that want to love on the babies. Even, like if, even if we're still at the house, like just to sit there and like let us breathe for a second. And, you know, when we... Again, maybe this time story, we tapped into those relationships and are still doing that, changed everything. Like, even there was a while there, which made, uh, it's like bad parenting. Remember, like, one time we had Caitlin and her cross-country team, like, like five people come, and they just took care of the babies and Duval. Like, we found out one girl just, like, uh, went in the guest bedroom and snuggled with Duval all night. I'm like, that's not why you came over here. But um, <laughs> that wasn't Caitlin. But, like, we had so many people come and help. Y'all, it changed everything. How many of us, including this guy right here tonight, are struggling through our Christian life and ending up in a ditch of legalism, ending up in the ditch of just like living in sin, all the while Jesus is saying, God, the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, I have a relationship with you, I love you, and I want to help. <laughs> How many of us are struggling through because we've not tapped in to that resource? Now, I think all of our lives could look dramatically different 
if we begin to truly keep in step and walk with the Holy Spirit, which really is just relationship with him. How many of us are trying to gut out the fruit of the Spirit? I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be kind. And all the while he's saying, I can help you do that if you let me work inside of you, but you got to walk with me, which is relationship. The remedy is relationship. So here's how I want us to finish tonight before we sing and go to connect groups. I want to pray for it. While I'm praying, the band's going to come up. We're going to sing one more song like I just said. But um, before I pray, I want to give you a moment, whether it's at your chair, maybe you want to come down front. There's nothing special about here, but maybe just to help you like solidify in your heart what God's doing, what the Holy Spirit's doing. But maybe you just need to have a moment with the Lord and say, hey, I, I realize I've not been keeping in step with you. I've not been leaning into that relationship. And tonight, I want to get serious about that. Maybe, like, you know whichever ditch you're in and you want to confess that to the Lord and say, hey, I want to get back walking with you and keeping in step with you. Maybe you're not a Christian tonight and you feel something tugging on your heart to, like, to turn to Jesus for a relationship and for salvation. That's what we call the Holy Spirit, <laughs> working in, on your heart. And I want to encourage you, while we're singing, I'll be in the back. I'd love to talk to you about what it means to trust Jesus, to be a Christian. And I'm telling you, like maybe even as a non-Christian, like, yeah, I want, to, I want to be loving, I want to be patient, I want to be kind. I would say you can kind of do those things, but you're never really going to be able to do those things apart from the Holy Spirit being inside of you and working. It's a really cool thing about being a Christian. I'd love to talk to you about that. So like I said, I'm going to give you a moment to just be still and talk to the Lord. Maybe come down here, whatever you want to do. Then I'm going to pray. We're going to sing one more psalm before we go to connect groups. Um, May this be a moment where you say, I'm going to start keeping in step with the Lord. I'm going to start keeping in step with the Spirit. I'll give you a moment to pray. God, we want to be like you. (laughs) We want to know you more. We want to enjoy the freedom you've given us, God. That you call us to a life of joy and hope and peace and freedom and beautiful living (laughs) through the fruit of the Spirit. God, we, we believe tonight, I think we all believe as believers that the only hope for that, experiencing that, is walking with you. We can't do it on our own. We can't just try harder. We can't just ignore you and live in sin. Our hope is to walk with you. 
So I pray that tonight we would commit to that, God. You begin to show us what that looks like, that we would build habits into our lives that help us to walk with you and keep in step with you. Because we, we do, we want to know you. We recognize that without you, we would definitely be in a lot of ditches all the time and be lost on dirt roads we never intended to get up on. So God, keep us close to you. Draw us to you tonight. Pray that as we sing this last song in a minute, as we get to talk in our groups, that you would stir our hearts for you and give us clarity about what you're doing, Holy Spirit. May this group be a group that is known as a people that loves you and knows you. And Lord, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit would just define our group. Lord, we know we can't do that on our own. We need you to work in our lives. God, we want to be a group that when people look at us, they see Jesus. The only way for us to do that is to walk with you. Pray that as we sing, God, that we would (laughs) dig deep into our affections for you and commit to you in this moment, God, and just enjoy thinking about who you are. If y'all would, y'all stand and sing with us. I'll be in the back if you want to chat. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.